On this show, we will be talking with science fiction author and television writer and screenwriter Mark Scott Zickery. Sit tight while Mark joins us here shortly. Mark, you there? Hello. Yes, I am. How are you doing today, man? I'm I'm good. Life's exciting. That works. That works. Um, I'll just get things started here, man. Uh, a little bit about your background. I was reading about you. Sure. You're a science fiction author, and you've written for many television series, it looks like, over the years, and currently have a project called Space Command. Could you go over some of the things that people might know you from in the world of sci-fi and fantasy and so forth? Sure, you bet. Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Babylon 5, Sliders, uh, Smurfs, He-Man, Super Friends, Real Ghostbusters, Friday the 13th, the series, many, many, many other shows as well. Wow, that's a lot of stuff, man. You've been on uh, Sliders is one of my favorites. I love that show. It's, it's one of the best shows ever on Sci-Fi, in my opinion. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, what, what's, uh, what seasons, just curious, Sci-Fi, what seasons were you responsible I, for on that? I was a writer-producer on the fourth season. That's when Sci-Fi took it over, and we got to reinvent the show, and, uh, and uh, it, was, right. it was great fun. We shot, it, we shot it at Universal on the lot, so basically I could walk from my office over to where we were shooting. And, uh, and mm. it's funny because one, one day they were uh, – canceling Time Cop, the series, and they were just going to tear down those sets. And I just went over the soundstage and immediately came up with an idea for sliders and told them to put a pin in those sets. And I, I came up with an episode called Slide Cage. And, uh, and that, so we got a half million dollars worth of sets for free. <laughs> so it was, oh, wow. it was great. It's great. Yeah, it was really fun. That's awesome. Very cool, very cool. And, yeah, of course, that series uh, became real popular after that, and it took off for several more years. Let's talk about yeah. your sci-fi adventure, Space Command. Uh, just curious, sure. what was what made you want to create something like that? What was your inspiration, and can you go in detail about some of the the plot and the characters and so forth? Sure, you bet. Happy to. Um, essentially, you know, I grew up uh, when when Star Trek came on. I was a kid, the original Star Trek, and mm-hmm. it was uh, a huge in- influence on me. It, was, it inspired me, and it was a, it was a very hopeful vision of the future. I mean, it, you know, it's important to remember that Star Trek was done during the Vietnam War, during the height of the civil rights movement and protests in the streets and riots and all sorts of right. things. But Star Trek, Star Trek still, still said, we'll have, we'll have challenges, but we can create a better future. And it inspired many people to create uh, meaningful lives. And, and Star Trek The Next Generation did that too. But a few years ago, I just noticed that all the science fiction coming out was very, very dark and very despairing and dystopic. And I thought, well, I wanted to do something that would be hopeful. And uh, so I, um, I, I, and I didn't want to network I, you know, I could go in and I could have pitched into a network and I could have gotten a pilot deal. And, but then, then the network would, would be insisting on things or they could cut it off at script or cut it off at pilot. And I didn't want them to have control over whether or not the audience got to see it. And so right. uh, I decided to reach out to my audience and, uh, and they, they came forward. You know, we, we did a Kickstarter campaign that raised 221000 on our initial campaign. And then I sold investment shares wow. and raised another half, I raised another half million dollars or so. And, uh, and, and so, but I wanted it to be, it takes place, it covers 150 years in a future history. It's, it's four families and it's, um, it's essentially as we colonize the solar system, jump to the stars and, uh, and it's got all these characters who are kind of interacting and we see the cause and effect over the generations of what happens. And, and I reached out to a lot of my friends who'd been on shows that I'd worked on. Uh, and, you know, Bob Picardo from Star Trek Voyager and, and Mira Furlan mm-hmm. and Bill Mummy from, um, from Babylon 5, which I wrote for, and, uh, and Doug Jones, who's in Star Trek Discovery now and The Shape of Water, the new Guillermo del Toro film. And, and I also right, was right. Box Lightning, ton, ton, tons of other people. And um, they all said yes. They were all thrilled to be part of it. And, uh, and, so, that's, and so that's what I've been spending my time doing uh, recently. And uh, so we basically built a studio, built the sets, built the costumes, 
Uh, I reached out to my friend Ian McCaig, who designed uh, Darth Maul and Queen Amidala and, and Rey in the, in the Force Awakens, and uh, uh, he said yes. He came aboard as our character designer, and, uh, and we were off and running. So we've, we've now shot the first two hours and 35 minutes of the second two-hour story, and uh, I've written the first eight hours and outlined hours nine through 12, so that's an entire season. And uh, wow. so we're now raising, we're, so now we're doing the Kickstarter campaign to raise the money for visual effects to finish the first two hours, visual effects and post-production. And in the meantime, I'm also talking to networks and platforms and so forth, seeing who might share this vision and have enthusiasm for this, this, this kind of a show. But, but regardless of whether or not a network picks it up, my, my relationship and my obligations to, to, the, to the audience. And so we'll, we'll, be, com- you know, we'll, we'll be continuing on uh, completing it, shooting it, all of that while we, as we go. So uh, that's definitely our commitment. Very cool, very cool, and I love the I love the take on the hopeful vision and optimistic future. That's what we do at Science Fiction is more like you know envisioning a positive future. So it really resonates on that right. that uh, trend. Uh, having viewed some of the trailers, uh, it looks great, and the Kickstarter footage looks incredible. It looks like you've assembled Thanks. quite an ensemble cast, like you were saying. How did you get about putting all these people together? Well, you know, it's it's it, because I had a, a career of many many years in television. I had those relationships, mm-hmm. but also they knew my, they knew the quality of my work. Uh, a few years ago, right. I did a Star Trek episode with I did a Star Trek episode with George Takei that was nominated for the Hugo and the Nebula, and it won, won the TV Guide oh, Award. Oh yeah, and I did that. Yeah, World Enough in Time, and that 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 mm-hmm. was done without a studio or a network because they were never going to do the, the the terrific, the great Sulu episode. They had moved on. You know, they were never going to give George Takei that right. opportunity. And so I thought, well, he's one of my favorite characters and a great actor. And uh, and then we cast mm-hmm. Christina Moses as we, we cast Christina Moses as his daughter. We discovered her. She'd never done TV or film. She just done, done theater. And now she's starring in the original. She's going to be in the new show called Condor in the fall. She just starred in Containment. She's a phenomenal actress, and she'll be coming back to Space Command as well. And so so part of oh, it is cool. friendship. Yeah, so it's friendships. I, you know, with, with with Doug Jones, I uh, I recently wrote a book with Guillermo del Toro, and uh, I was I won a Saturn Award a few a couple years ago, and Doug. Jones was there. He was, and we struck up a conversation, and then we had lunch a few days later, and it was very clear that we we really were kindred spirits. And so I wrote the role of one of the lead roles in Space Command for him, and uh, and he's just been amazing. I had I had dinner with him uh, last week, and uh, he's and even though he's in Discovery, I was telling him you know where his character in Space Command goes, and he was very excited about all of that. So you know, so again, I think I think people actors want to first of all they want to do good work, but secondly they want to do work that that's meaningful that stands for something, and and if you if you right. say, you know, c- compassion and reaching across barriers and recognizing how everyone is has a human has the human heart and wants the same, you know, wants safety for their kids and wants a, a good life. I mean, you know, there's we, we have more in common than 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 not with with people all around the world. And so when you can reach out and form bridges rather than walls, you know, you uh, you mm-hmm. make a better world and a better future. And I think anyone who's got kids. Uh, wants to create a better future. I, you know, it, I think that's that's obvious. And and so compassion, I think, is an active verb. I think you put love and compassion into action, and that's what makes the world worth living in. And so, uh, so that's very much the philosophy of Space Command. Very cool. I love it. I love it. And you've got all this. Uh, you've got all these sets and stuff. It looks like you're utilizing a mix of like physical set design and some CGI for some scenes. What what was yeah. the creation process about going like to get the, you know the kind of look and feel of the sets, the project, and the wardrobe and all that? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because some something that most people don't know is that my uh, my degree mm-hmm. is in painting, uh, painting sculpture, and graphic arts. So I was actually a visual artist oh, before wow. I was a writer. I was having I was having gallery shows of my paintings and photography when I was a teenager, and uh, so mm-hmm. so I have a very strong I have a very strong visual sense, and I loved 
the artwork of science fiction back in the 1950s, uh, the, the, you know, the, the science fiction illustration, the book covers, the, that kind of 1950s right. aesthetic. And so, so I wanted to do something that wouldn't be tongue-in-cheek or quaint, but that would have maybe a little bit callback to that wonderful design aesthetic. And like Wally Wood, mm. you know, sort of the EC, com- EC Comics weird science kind of look. And there were other artists like Ed Virgil Fenley, stuff like that. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. The covers of Galaxy Magazine and, 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 and Astounding. Uh, Kelly Fries was a great artist back then. And, uh, and so I wanted to kind of have a callback to that. So, um, so I reached out to my friend Ian McKay, you know, who's, who's the big Star Wars designer. And then I also found a terrific mm-hmm. art director named Car- Carlos Fernandez, who, who had been, a, interestingly enough, he was, a, he was eight years in the Navy and he was a mechanic on aircraft carriers. So he, when he designed something, wow. it looks like it works because it, because it would, you know. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so, um, so we just started designing our characters and our sets and spent, you know, about uh, over a year building our studio once we, once we raised the initial money and building the sets. And so we have a lot of very uh, physical sets, but then they're augmented, some of them by CG. So, for instance, our sets on the spaceship, on the Paladin, our hero ship, most of those are physical sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the alien ship, we have certain pieces that are what are called practical, they're real, and then we'll have backgrounds that right. will be, you know, C- CG. But again, uh, there's, the Space Command is, is, is huge in terms of, a, of its ambition. In our first two hours, there's 1,900 visual effects shots, and that's, that's crazy. Oh, that's, wow. I mean, a, a, a huge feature like Star Wars would, would, wouldn't even have that many. And so, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, but that's, that's fine. I, I don't mind that at all. You just have to be very inventive. And in some cases that might be adding like vid- video screens, you know, um, instrument panels. And in some cases it's, as you say, it's CG sets and, uh, and space shots and all, all of that stuff. Right. Well, that's incredible, man. That's a lot of special effects. Um, you got a lot <laughs> of actors. It's really fun. Yeah, right. You got a lot of actors in this thing. It looks like you've got Bruce Boxleitner from Tron and all these Star Trek guys, everything. Uh, Gary, yeah. So, are there any other people that you're looking at, you know, maybe getting involved, or other people in the industry yeah. that you can maybe mention or have your eye on? Yeah, many, many. We've, I've been in conversations since I've written the first eight hours, now outlined hours nine through twelve. Um, I've written a role for Armin mm-hmm. Shimmerman uh, from from Quark, from uh, Deep Space Nine. He played Quark, and he was also the principal on Buffy. I've I, I had a conversation right. with Rene Auberjon uh, Rene recently. He was Odo on DS Nine. Um, as I said, Christina Moses, who's in uh, Condor and the originals and so forth. Um, I'm, you know, I've written a role for her. Um, there's too many, right. many, many actors and actresses. I mean, I, last night I, I met Ricky Whittle, who's starring in American Gods, and I think I'll, I'll follow up with him. Uh, he's a really great guy, and uh, he's, he's the lead on that show. So, again, it, it's basically whoever, you know, is, is someone whose talents I like and who, who I want to work with. But uh, science fiction, the great thing about science fiction is that, you know, I mean, for instance, someone like Lance Hendricks and those kind of people, I love those actors. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so as I run into them at conventions and talk to them about Space Command, you know, that, that all becomes extremely possible. And, um, you know, Ferran Tahir, who was in J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, he's the, he, in J.J.'s in movie, he's the, the Federation captain who gets skewered by a Romulan at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and uh, he's, a, he's, he's an Iron Man also, tons of stuff. And he's in the second one that we've been shooting, the second story, Forgiveness. And, uh, and James Hong from Blade Runner and Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, he's, I've idolized him. He's one of my favorite actors. He was, a, and so he was he, in Blade he, Runner as the, uh, yeah. Yes. He makes eyes. He just makes Very eyes. Cool. That's right. And uh, <laughs> and so we cast him. We and so we we've shot the 35 minutes of the second story already. And so he's in that as it's grown to here. And John Hennigan, who's who's in Glow, he's actually a wrestler. And I met him. And we have we have uh, synthetics. They're they're synthetic humans, androids, replicants. And so he plays a combat right. synthetic, and he's he's great. He's terrific. So he's in the second story. He's in Forgiveness. And um, 
Very but again, cool. often it's just sort of, it's some, you know, because I, I live here in L.A., I might run across somebody and there'll be an actor that I want to work with. And then we just start that conversation. And uh, and mm-hmm. so I have I have access to a, to a lot of wonderful, wonderful actors. And uh, and because I'm such a science fiction geek, you know, I love movies like Aliens and so forth. So when I run into someone from one of those movies, I just, you know, very much want to work with them. And uh, so that's that's definitely something I'm actively actively engaged in pursuing more and more uh actors that we all love right that sounds awesome man that's awesome and you had mentioned yeah. uh not you mentioned you work with the major television stuff of course like with sliders and star trek yeah. um if, yeah. if you were presented the opportunity for maybe something like maybe like a netflix or streaming or what what exactly uh-huh. would you want to uh your platform to be to get the word you know to kind of present space yeah. man exactly yeah it's really finding someone an executive who's going to really understand what we're doing and not not mess it up you know <laughs> that's, that's right, the real answer right. and and but but for me Netflix Amazon Hulu um, you know there's any number I, I was at, I spent the last two days at a conference of network uh, television executives and I had many many conversations mm-hmm. I was talking I was talking to execs from 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 Showtime and Cinemax and and on and on and on and now I have to do the follow up but you know it's just it's basically even more important than the specific network it's finding the executive who really will take the ride with us right and but but in order to right. pick it up they'd have to buy an they'd have to buy an entire season that would be twelve episodes. And um, how much? How much would that be to to like fund that? You think your side question? It's an interesting question because it depends on if they let me do it through my own studio or if they insist that I ally with an existing studio. Because obviously, right. when we're shooting it at Universal or Fox or Paramount, the overhead becomes much higher. And to give you an idea mm. of, of just the the, the related budgets. Um, an episode of Star Trek Discovery is eight to ten million dollars an episode. Well, we've just shot two and a half wow. hours of Space Command. We've, we've shot two and a half hours of Space Command for less than a tenth of that. For for two and a half hours, mm. instead of even one hour. And so, so we mm. can do it for much, much less. But um, but again, it just depends on what they insist on. My, also, my preference is that we shoot in Los Angeles because I can say to my actors, look, um, if you're available for a day or two days, you can just drive over to our studio. Or we can drive you, right. and you can stay in your own bed. You can sleep in your own bed. You're with your family. You're not flying to Toronto or Atlanta or you know wherever Vancouver. And they really love that, and it makes it much easier for them to to say yes. And so, so again, if we had to shoot in Toronto or somewhere else, that changes the logistics. It doesn't make it uh, undoable. It just makes it more expensive. And but again, I'm mm-hmm. that's for me. It's it's mainly because I've I've worked for many decades in the studio system. Um, I'm not averse to that, but but control is what's really important to me because again, with the cast that I have and this cast I love, if I'd gone to a network and said I want these actors, they would they would said who they wouldn't know who most of them were, and whereas the fans, mm-hmm. of course, you know, getting to see a new uh, something new with Bob Picardo in it, I mean, you know, uh, that's that's they're they're eager to, and I'm I'm very lucky that Doug Jones is now starring in Star Trek Discovery and The Shape of Water, the new Guillermo film, right? Because um because his his star is very much on the ascendant. The great thing is. He's a terrific guy. So, you know, when I had him the other night and we're talking about, you know, his role in Space Command ongoingly, he was very excited about what we're going to do with this character. And so, um, you know, but, it, but, but again, you know, um, we, we can, we'll see what the future brings, but we're going to continue shooting and continue making Space Command, you know, and because my, my relationship and my obligation is to the audience. And thanks to crowdfunding right. and thanks to, um, and I've been selling investment shares and that's been going very well. Cause I, that's only 7,500 bucks because I priced it where people could buy in as investors where it wouldn't be expensive. So you could, so one of our investors is a truck driver, in fact, and he has a son and he's, he, he's investing because he believes in what we're doing, what we stand for. And, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, but again, it's sort of, I, I feel much more um, kinship with my audience 
than with the executives. And uh, that doesn't mean that I won't meet an executive who is on my wavelength. I feel confident that I will, but, but I'm not, mm-hmm. that's not what determines whether or not we move forward. Very interesting. Well, I agree with you on that. You got to find the right executive, shares the vision and the passion, not just for the genre, but you know the hopeful aspect and optimistic aspect yes. of that. Yes, yeah. that's right. But the funny thing, the funny thing is, you know, when when you when when we were growing up, you know, there were there were like three networks in PBS, and if and if you were pitching right. a show and the network didn't didn't go for it, then you were screwed. Like like Gene Roddenberry, you know, he got a third season of Star Trek because the fans, you know, millions of fans wrote letters and picketed NBC and so forth, and that got a third season right. of Star Trek. Nowadays. If Star Trek's second season was canceled, Roddenberry would have just gone on Kickstarter, you know, and raised the, the, mm. season, the money for the season. You know, again, we don't we don't need networks anymore to determine what gets made, and I'm I'm so grateful for that. I think it's terrific. I love the fact that we have these new, I, you know, the, these new models. I I really embrace them. Yeah, that's cool. So I love the streaming aspect. I, I truly believe that streaming uh, media is going to be, if not already is, uh, on the cutting edge of trending of uh, media in general. You know. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's a great technology, and it allows us to see a lot more shows, and uh, and including foreign shows. I mean, I've been watching TV mm-hmm. shows that are you know from I- Iceland and Norway and things like that, which I never oh, wow. seen in earlier, you know. But uh, but no, I think it's I think it's terrific, and I think it's it's great that you know um, there's so many different opportunities for really interesting shows to be made. I think I think it's terrific. I, I I wouldn't go back to three networks. I don't think that was uh, nearly as good. Right. Right. Well, you you author aside from being a screenwriter and writer for television and Space Command, you've you've had a long history of uh, writing books. I believe you were friends with Ray Bradbury over the years and stuff yes. like that. Yes. Um, yeah. Could was, you go over a little lucky. bit about that? Yeah, sure, of course. Well, you know, I, when I was a kid, the three shows that well, I read science fiction voraciously: Heinlein and Asimov and Bradbury and Arthur C. Clarke and everybody, mm-hmm. everybody, and um, and I and the three shows that made me want to be a writer were. Star Trek, The Outer Limits, and Twilight Zone. And, uh, and my heroes were the actors. They were the writers. So as soon as I was a right. teenager, I was, going to, I was going to science fiction conventions and meeting Richard Matheson and George Clayton Johnson and Harlan Ellison and all these people. And Ray Bradbury, in the last decade or so of his life, we became friends. And I'd go over to his house about mm-hmm. once a month, and we just sit and talk about life and career and art. And I'm actually writing a book called My Ray Bradbury, which is about that that friendship. And because uh, he, he's such an amazing man and such an inspiration. And uh, so I was very. In fact, one of the characters in uh, in Space Command is called Lieutenant Bradbury, and that's my little tip of the hat to Ray. And uh, but he was he was a phenomenal man and just a, G, a brilliant writer, phenomenal. And um, but but so many of these these people I was so blessed to meet. I mean, you know. They were one of a kind. I mean, once they're gone, they're gone. There's not going to be another one like them. And that, and I'm so I'm so glad that I got to meet these writers. And they were so, in, you know, inspiring. And so Space Command is also very much in their tradition because I realized something interesting, which no one really has hmm. noticed, which was that that most of the science fiction writers in the '50s were actually writing in a in a shared universe, and it was a shared universe hmm. of certain assumptions, certain assumptions. And the assumptions were, we'll land on the moon, we'll colonize Mars. We'll develop a, a, some kind of warp drive and get out to the stars. We'll encounter alien races, sentient alien races. They were writing all within those assumptions. So whether it's Arthur C. Clarke or Isaac Asimov or Ray Bradbury or Heinlein or any of them, all, all the others, you know, they were all writing sort mm-hmm. of in a, in a shared universe where you could, a lot of their stories could have been mixed and matched. And so Space Command is very much writing in that same shared universe that they were talking about because the one thing they never predicted was that we would land on the moon and stop. <laughs> you know that was right, no one ever right. that. 
And so you know, right. I'm really rooting for Elon, Elon Musk and, 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 and sending people to Mars and all of that. Because, but, but so Space Command basically is the idea that in the coming years we'll land on Mars, we'll colonize Mars, we'll colonize the, the moons of the outer planets, we'll, we'll, we'll jump to the stars. You know, it's, it's a larger vision of mankind because I think that really is what, uh, you know, when, when mankind looks up at the stars, you know, the amazing thing, and it's again something that no one has commented on or noticed a lot, is the fact that the one place mm-hmm. that mankind hasn't fallen into, into war is space. Amazingly, in right. all of these decades, in, in all these decades since the space program, we haven't fought a war in space. And somehow we've right. managed to co- cooperate in space for the most part. And I think part of it is because space is so dangerous, such a dangerous environment mm-hmm. that you can't screw around much. But also I think it's that, that we recognize when we're in space, we're one race, the human race. And, and, and really one, right. one, one, one country. And so, um, right. and I think that's, that's great. And I think, so we can either sort of turn inward and fight our squabbles and be less than where we, we can be, or we can go out in space and be more than, more than we can be. And, and that's what I certainly favor. Very cool. Man. I love it. I love it. And you, you said, mentioned Twilight Zone. I believe when you were like yeah. in your 20s or something, you wrote a book that was yeah. like a companion to that. Um, yes, can you go over I, that a little I, bit? I think you may have an update, sure, too. I do. Um, so when I was 22, I got out of college. I knew I wanted to be a writer, producer, in television. And there were no classes in that. There was no way to learn how to do that. So I thought, well, I'll mm-hmm. write a book about one of the greatest TV shows ever made, one of my favorite shows, and I'll learn how to write and produce TV by writing that book. So I wrote nice. Twilight Zone Companion. I, uh, yeah, and so I started that when I was 22. And by the time I was 22 or 23, I was writing for network TV, but but to be able to interview all those great writers and directors and actors actors and producers and and um, crawl through Rod Serling's attic and go through his files and his scrapbooks amazing. Oh wow! So so now so the book's been in print ever since. It's sold over half a million copies, and now we're doing mm-hmm. a new edition. It comes out in the next few months. So it's going to have about a hundred new pages of material, hundreds of new photos, many unpublished, and um, and audio and video links uh, where you can click through and see. And listen to Rod giving lectures. You can watch different things that, that are completely rare that you normally would never be able to see. And I also did a new interview mm. with Rod's daughter, Jody, and I did a new interview with George Decay because I think that George, as well as he was an actor in Twilight Zone, he also very much carries on the um, tradition of Rod's political activism, of, being, of using right. his work his, and, his, and his fame to, uh, to really help make the world a better place. So, um, so I, I, it was a wonderful conversation that George and I had on, on that front. Yeah, he's he's got quite the following on the internet and the social media aspect nowadays. It was like you were saying, television. You can use so much on the internet to kind of, you know, get the word out about things and all of that. Yeah, that sounds it's amazing. Well, you said it's yeah, an ebook. It's got like video link. No, it'll it'll be it'll be an ebook, but it'll also be uh, a trade paperback and probably hardcover. Uh, for the physical okay. editions of the book, they'll just they'll just be a site that you can go to where you can watch all that stuff and listen to all that stuff. So it'll be pretty pretty straightforward. And then it's funny because you mentioned the internet. I actually have my own YouTube channel called Mr. Sci-Fi, where I post every, once mm-hmm. a week about science fiction TV shows and movies and books, and it's great fun. I've got I've got about eleven thousand subscribers, and uh, it's just fun Very to be able cool. to just you know yeah I can just aim my 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 camera at myself and and off we go. And we're, we're, so it's it's fun to be doing a huge project like Space Command that takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And then it's something a little that's very easy, like my little Mr. Sci-Fi uh, videos. But but it's fun with with Space right. Command because again we not, and now we have the crowd, the Kickstarter campaign to uh, to finance visual effects and posts, um, you know, to finish the first two hours. So that's you know it's really fun to be able to reach out to your audience and and get stuff done. It's it's I'm I'm very very grateful to be able to do that. Very thrilled. 
Right. You got to love technology and all that stuff. I'll tell you what, man. Yes. Well, uh, you bet. You bet. Right right quick, uh, before we wrap sure. up, I want to ask you a question, and, sure. and, uh, and then we'll get to some website links if you have for the uh, Space Command and everything. And I remember yeah. earlier in the interview, you had mentioned, like, about, you know, like a lot of the, the trends of cinema and TV having, like, kind of, like, more dystopic visions focusing on that. Yes. Um, yes. In your overall words, I know Space Command is a hopeful, optimistic vision of the future. In your overall words, what would you like to see just for the genre in general and progressing forward, you know, more positive, of course, I hope. I mean, what do you think any shows like the Orville are kind of focusing on that and all that? Yes, and I think and I think the Orville is, is coming from a very similar um, instinct on Seth MacFarlane's part to do something hopeful, and I I applaud it. And, mm-hmm. he, and even Star Trek and Star Trek Discovery also. I think those those writers and actors are working very hard, but it it is a darker vision. I think for me right. moving forward, I don't I don't mind dystopia, and I don't mind those kind of you know works, but but I think. As a writer, you have to say, well, what what am I trying to create? What is my work trying to create? Ray Ray, Ray Bradbury had a very interesting point because he once said, uh, mm. well, 1984, 1984 is is pessimistic, but he said Fahrenheit 451 was optimistic because in Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit mm. 451, it's presenting a dystopic future, but Montag is reading books and ultimately you have the sense that the the, the people who are carrying on that tradition are going to succeed, they're going to win. That 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 the, 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 the um, you know the, the life of the mind and the life of the heart is going to is going to prevail. And so I think that right. as creators, we have. A, I think there's. I think it's. You know, uh, there's a there's a director, writer, director named John Sales who once said, "Cynicism is cowardice," and I think that's true. Mm. And I think that I don't think I don't think that you can. I think I think when you say we can create a better world, it's, it means that you have to work to create that world. You have to take action to create that world. But if you if you give up on that, what are you left with? I mean, there's no there's no there's no benefit in creating a future that's worse. So let's let's you right. know believe in in something hopeful. And and one thing I do in my own just daily life is I when I encounter people who are different from me, I talk to them, I I, I reach out to them, I, I I try to be friendly and helpful. And and in my work, that's what I do as well. You know. And so right. and so in Space Command, we've got we've got Space Command has Muslim characters, um, gay characters. It, it, Space Command is like the world that I live in, where people are just people. And uh, that doesn't mean right. we don't have different opinions, different opinions. But that's fine. That's what makes the world interesting. So, um, so I'm, I'm really glad to be doing all of this. You bet. It sounds awesome. Man. I love it. Uh, you have a website links for Space Command or any other stuff about your book project or anything you could give up? Sure, sure. Um, for for all the projects I'm working on, you can go to you can go to com and to pledge for Space Command, you can go on Kickstarter.com and just type in Space Command and you'll find the campaign and uh, and every little bit helps us get to where we're going and uh, and and one of the things we're going to do is when we finish the first 35 minutes of the two hours we shot, we're going to send the first 35 minutes uh, to our backers even for the two hours. If mm-hmm. show, so you'll be able to see you know a real solid chunk of the story and it's got Doug Jones and Bob Picard and all of our lead actors and and they're just terrific and it's just spectacular. You'll be you'll be blown away by by what we're creating. Very cool, very cool. I love it. It sounds awesome, man. Well, Mark, it was an Thanks. absolute pleasure having you on the show, man. I really, I could talk to you for hours. You're awesome, man. <laughs> well, thanks. I really wow. appreciate it. It's, 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 it's You're really welcome, fun. man. I really appreciate I'll, it. I look Great. forward to seeing Space Command too, and I hope uh, you best of luck. And I look forward to Twilight Zone Companion as well, man. Thanks. Thanks very much. I've really enjoyed talking with you. Take care. You too, man. Bye-bye. You take care, sir.